Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of The Sleep Mums, the podcast that gives you love, lols, and hopefully a lot more sleep. I'm Kat Cuby, journalist, broadcaster, and wordsmith. And this is Sarah Carpenter, baby and child expert, sleep consultant, and dream maker. <laughs> that almost makes it sound like you work on a talent show or something. Sarah Carpenter, dream maker. <laughs> I should like it. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that'd be good on a talent show. <laughs> Go on, what's your weirdest talent? Touching my nose with my tongue. <gasps> no. <laughs> How do I not know that about you? That's so kinky. I thought you weren't, I thought that was like an impossible thing that like mean siblings made you try and do so you look daft. Me and Ems do it quite regularly, it's our thing. We learn a new thing every day. A wee bit like our myth busting episodes, this show is a wee bit different. It might not directly help you with sleep, but we hope to make you feel less alone, less judged, give you a few laughs and therefore as a result help you to sleep better. This week, we're talking about the things folks say when you have a new baby. Now, there are a lot of wild things that happen when you have a baby. Some of them we won't talk about, just in case you're having your tea right now. But along with after pains, giant paper pants, another big surprise is how the entire world seems to lose its decency filter. I literally have no idea why a complete stranger would need to know if my child came out of my fanny or not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just realising that maybe for our international listeners, Fanny might mean something different. So in Scotland, that does mean your vagina. (laughs) I know many of us lose some inhibitions. Clearly, I certainly have when we become parents. I mean, we spend our days elbow deep in, well, as Sam Avery would say, Nutella. Um, But I'm pretty sure that doesn't mean that we're now totally down with all the unsolicited comments, personal questioning or unwarranted advice. So we thought it'd be fun to chat through some of the most annoying, the funniest and frankly rude stuff that people say when you have a baby. We're going to break them up into sleep, personal advice, the unnecessary and the well-meaning stuff that actually kind of hurts before we put them all out in the bin once and for all. So sleep. Sarah, let's start with one that is probably something that sends loads of parents in a spin right to you that first one do they sleep through oh it drives <laughs> me insane i feel like there might be quite a lot of grunting in this episode oh god yeah like i feel so sorry for every single parent that gets asked that question because not only do you want them to sleep through most of the time but it then also puts that pressure on of well why isn't my baby sleeping through it's like well your baby's two days old they're not going exactly. to sleep through babies need to be fed they have needs so don't ask I think that's the thing the question quite often comes like super early doors and you're like mm-hmm. they are literally fresh out the oven yeah it's insane absolutely insane and it just <laughs> it then does trigger people to get this total anxiety and then start checking in with their friends like oh is your baby sleeping through what's your baby doing and then they start comparing and then it's just this big spiral and everyone's out of control And also, as we've spoken about quite a lot before, there is this sort of misunderstanding of sleeping through the fact that adults Mm. don't even technically really do it. And also that sleeping through means something different for different people. 
It does. Absolutely. You know, for some people, sleeping through can be like 10, 11 o'clock at night until 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And for other people, sleeping through can be 7 till 7. And you're yeah. totally right with what you've just said, that we don't sleep through. You know, we go through yeah. our sleep cycles. We disturb ourselves. We wake up. We get back to sleep. Babies and children do the same. But when they're babies, they need to be fed. And they don't really ever stop doing it. <laughs> that, no. Although that's meant that could be fall under the category of um, well-meaning, but really hard. <laughs> uh, what about another sleep one? Sleep when the baby sleeps. I mean, seriously. This one drove me mental. Aside from the fact that baby, like brand new babies obviously sleep for like 18 hours a day. I am a horrible napper. And actually, it's something I'm really working on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> therapy um but it's a really hard thing to do it's really hard to sleep when the baby sleeps at night because even when you're you know because when you're a brand new parent you're actually terrified to close your eyes and so I think that kind of like throwaway comment oh just sleep when the baby sleep takes away all of the emotions that exist as a new parent whether it's the fact that you literally can't sleep because of fear you can't sleep because of um you know the the multitude of hormonal or mental health things that are running through your mind or or just because it's totally impractical to sleep 18 hours a day as nice as it might sound completely and I think you know you put so much pressure on yourself to lie down and have a nap that actually then that's what opposite happens so as soon as you try and have a nap yeah you're wide awake and buzzing and yeah it does makes make it worse. worse and also you do still have to have a little bit of you time and that doesn't always mean sleeping you know yeah. have a bath yeah do the dishes tidy up if that's what floats your boat yeah I mean I think having a bath is probably more restorative mm-hmm. to me just because I'm a horrible napper than attempting to do something that I know that you know it's a wee bit like when we talk about babies um chilling in their cot like even when they wake up like encouraging parents to kind of leave them for a wee bit Mm -hmm. if they're happy to just you know to to be awake but be in their cot because that is more restorative to them and they need that kind of quiet space that if they're not you know crying and getting upset that they're quite happy that that is good and I actually find that with in terms of having a bath that is you know a quiet space a, a kind of interruptions are cut off as long as I don't take my phone in (laughs) yeah that's the key thing not having your phone with you (laughs) quite impossible though and that one kind of goes along with are they good which also drives me mad no they're a month old and they're bad to the bone they just got themselves a tattoo and a motorbike without even asking their parents how rude you know it's like ridiculous I mean obviously we did recently talk about bad habits and good habits um so if you've not listened to that episode give it a listen but it is that thing about using any kind of good or bad adjective around babies makes me so mad and again, that's one that people will ask so early on. It's like, you've just got out of hospital. Oh, and is your baby good? Well, I don't know. I don't know my baby yet. <laughs> what are they expecting the answer to be? Yeah. No. And like, can you imagine if you, anyone turned, no, they're horrible. Like, then they would mm-hmm. be like, exactly. you know, calling you in. No, it's just a bad one. Not a good one. <laughs> Not a good one. Not a good question to ask. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to the personal. I think in many ways, these are like the most common, but also kind of the most weird. Like, I can't stand this idea that as soon as you're pregnant, your body becomes fair game to strangers, like literally strangers. 
It's crazy. Yeah, it really does. So the first one of these, when are you having another? Like, when did it become par for the course to discuss my sex life, my period, my ovulation? <laughs> like, I know we celebrate how open we are now or how much more open we are about these things. And I do think that's brilliant that we can talk about all of these things and fertility in general. But really this question, a bit like when are you having kids in the first place, is so hurtful for the many of us that have fertility issues, secondary fertility issues, don't want kids or are simply delighted with having just the one. Mm -hmm. Thanks very much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, again, it's something that is asked just so early as well. And it's like, you know, people just, they don't have time to think about these things and already it's been shoved in their faces. I wrote a column uh, not that long after Indy was born where I referenced the thought of sex being like putting a panini in my ear, <laughs> which my husband was a bit upset about. But for me, it was not really top of my mind. And I know there are lots of people that don't feel like that. And, you know, good on you. Like, absolutely mm -hmm. no judgment, whatever works for you and your body. But for me, like, the thought of it was kind of distressing. Definitely, yeah. I mean, when you've got stitches and all sorts going exactly. on, the last thing you're thinking about is that. But I, I think maybe if we do get asked these questions, maybe we should respond like that. Like, yeah, do you want to see my stitches? <laughs> <laughs> that might put people off. Yeah, it could certainly change their approach, that's for sure. <laughs> Another one that kind of bugs me is, oh, they look so like one parent or the other parent. Like, and I know that's a natural thing and that is, that is kind of well-meaning. But, you know, if it's the other parent, it can make you it weirdly can make you feel a bit sad or if it's like that they look like you know I don't know Sylvester Stallone <laughs> <laughs> I mean all babies look like Gandhi <laughs> yeah I mean I think I do think that's well-meaning and I think for some people it's actually really nice to hear that yeah I guess it's because my first baby didn't look like me at all yeah <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. I appreciate for people whose babies look nothing like them. Like now I get excited when someone says, oh, they look so like you. Because I'm like, well, actually, they probably do now and they've yeah. not their entire lives. So it's quite nice to hear it. You also know as a kid that when people say you look like your parents, you're like mortified. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah, sorry, mom. I get told to look like <laughs> you all the time and it's not the best comment. Oh, <laughs> poor Sarah's mum. <laughs> love you <laughs> the other one that say i mean this one is just ridiculous but it's the look how big your boobs are i have tiny boobs and don't like them being talked about so when people were saying that to me i was like no leave my boobs alone you might i mean i think in general let's maybe not comment on women's bodies <laughs> at all yeah. maybe that's the answer it's also a wee bit like the one i mentioned at the start was it vaginal like, do you mean the sex to get there in the first yeah. place? <laughs> oh, no, we're talking about the birth. Like, I really don't think it's ever acceptable to ask this question. Apart from the fact that it's no super personal and kind of rude, it also kind of fuels this idea that one way or is better or that like, or that somehow you're uh -huh. out, like, it does not matter. No, it doesn't. Although that is the kind of question that I do ask a lot when I'm trying to get back to the roots of a delivery in my job, but not 
Yeah, but that you're yeah. a you're a professional. Like I think you know, of course, exactly. if it's a healthcare professional, um, then it is a completely different circumstance because you know, then it does have bearing for loads of different things, and but n- none of it is around judgment. No, and it shouldn't be at all. Um, but it can feel like it as soon as anybody does ask that question, yeah. you do suddenly feel like you're being judged for how you had your baby. Uh, it go- also goes along with natural. Like, you know, like yes. out the sunroof oh. is not natural. I literally, that makes my blood yeah. boil when people talk about natural deliveries. Yeah. It really does. Are you having sex yet? What? <laughs> have you ever been, have you ever been asked? <laughs> I get that's a wee, that's maybe a bit like the panini in the ear one. I mean, I did write a column about it. And of course it's a, a healthy thing to discuss in couples, but it's probably private i mean i'm hoping that strangers are asking you that but it's i think that's more likely to be like maybe a mother-in-law kind of a question (laughs) which also is wrong on many many levels even when you're at your six-week check though and you get asked you're like seriously (laughs) yeah no but that's that's because obviously understandably they want to give you some contraception or make you talk about contraceptive choices which i totally get and you know healthcare professional it is necessary (laughs) but yeah i think that was the comment that I was like are you are you serious this is the furthest thing from my mind right now but when I did that column I also did a radio show on it and um, I had a woman that came on that told me that I she had actually got down to it a couple of hours after the birth and like I was like that is I mean if that was what worked for you Mm -hmm. fantastic absolutely I mean if you're ready for it then happy days but I certainly was not sorry for me Okay, what about parenting advice? Now, (laughs) we could probably have filled endless podcasts with this sort of stuff. And I'm aware that we need to be a little bit careful with this one because technically we do hang out in the parenting advice space. However, what I would say is that it's our job and hopefully it's never unsolicited. So let's talk about some of the things that folks say to you when you have a new baby that fall under the kind of advice category. First of all, you're creating a rod for your own back. I don't think I'd ever heard that phrase until I had a baby. What even is it? Rods are for fishing. It's the weirdest thing. What? Who has, what? I don't get it. Just making your back straight. No, Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> um, I'm chuckling to myself because I think this would have been the best podcast to have actually videoed <laughs> based on our facial expressions that we're feeling right now. I know, but you know, we're doing it in our jammies. We've got sleepy dust in our eyes. I've got yesterday's mascara. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't make a rod for your own back. You do what you do because it's working for you at the time. And if it doesn't work at some point, then you change it. It's ridiculous. But it's also such a judgy cliche. Like it's something that people have heard said and then Mm -hmm. like repeat it. Yeah. Definitely. Which is just rude. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's like random people who are like passing yeah. by um, and see you doing something they didn't do and they feel like they can pass comment on it. Well, I'm quite interested to know because quite often, and I am i don't want to be, you know, casting aspersions or generalising, but often the folk that say these kind of things tend to be of the older generations. What I want to know is that when we get older, are we going to say this shit or no. are we going to know better? <laughs> I'm going to make you listen to this podcast frequently so that you never say it. Okay, but obviously not us. But do you know, at some point in time, 
surely there were the these people were talking about how ridiculous these things were were that were being said to the I don't know. Do you think they just forget? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe they forget or maybe you know times have changed a little bit, haven't they? So Well that is that is one too. Maybe. In my day yeah. it's like, well it's not your day, love, <laughs> so let's move on. <laughs> In my day, we give baby rice at six weeks old. Exactly. Well, you don't now. <laughs> because we know better. It's not going to make them sleep through the night. <laughs> the other one is you spoil them. I mean, seriously, like you've got a four-week-old baby in your arms. How are you spoiling them? Obviously, we talked about this a wee bit in our habits episode as well, because it's just such a horrible thing to say to a parent because like you are terrified all the time of doing something that is somehow gonna fit like that is the core of parent guilt mm-hmm. it is it's, it, there's nothing about it that's backed up in any way shape or form in their babies so yeah why say it don't stick that in your <laughs> i don't know what i was gonna say <laughs> what's the saying stick that in your, in your pipe and smoke it <laughs> Yeah, another firm favourite of mine, why don't you just feed them? What, 24-7? Just feed them? Every time you make a noise, just feed them? No! That's a good grandparent, mother-in-law. Yeah. Actually, partner, sometimes too. I think that can come in because, depending on how you're feeding, but, you know, it can, often it is the thing that can help, but repeatedly feeding when baby doesn't need fed creates different issues yeah and also I think it comes from a place of panic sometimes from a partner so it's mm-hmm. that you know they, they just yeah they, they feel want to fix everything and they yeah. don't know how so let's talk about the unnecessary stuff people say I mean they're all unnecessary but I do find it astounding that some folk think that they can ask things like I mean do you feel guilty about going back to work uh yeah I have felt guilty about almost every single decision I have made since my child was born because there is always an alternative pretty much but as that stands I would also have felt guilty if I'd stayed at home so you know maybe keep your old school judgment to yourself you know when it comes to the guilt thing it's everybody has something there's always going to be the two sides to every story isn't there so they are literally just tripping themselves over saying do you feel guilty about this and then do you feel guilty about the next thing so right now we're doing a takeover of the Scottish Mothers Collective and we put this question out to the audience and uh, we've had quite a few in but we'll just touch on one because it totally relates to this Uh, we had someone saying oh do you don't you wish it was a girl which is like the same sort of thing like um no <laughs> I mean maybe you do but like but you're not gonna say it though are you and you're sitting there with your new baby and people are like oh did you want a girl did you want a boy no I'm just happy I've got a baby yeah I mean I know that there is such a thing obviously as gender disappointment and I'm I, I don't mean to make light of that but and and in fact I, I'm actually not making light of that by saying it's never an appropriate question to ask unless you're a healthcare professional and that person has brought it up with you definitely you know it's such a private thing and people do feel it but you know it is it's up to them to feel and deal with with the people that they feel close to it's not a free-for-all for people to comment on which is kind of the same as like anything to do with hormones or emotions post-birth because you know I think 
uh, people do kind of throw things around a bit like you know have you have you got pnd and of course you mm-hmm. know your close friends and things you know you you can understand them asking but you know um you know i think we've all been there my moment was at the boots checkout i had all three of them emily was absolutely tiny and i was piling up the nappies and the wipes and goodness knows what else that was needed and the checkout girl i can't even remember what she did you know it would have been nothing but at the time it was huge and whatever it was, it just hit me over the edge. And I left Boots with none of the stuff that I needed in floods of tears. And you could see everybody like staring at me, like struggling with these three babies or these three tiny people. And it was just in that moment, I was just like, oh, my God, this is like the most horrific thing ever. Like I'm crying in public, probably had leaky boobs and the kids were probably crying as well. And it's just like, yeah, I don't have postnatal depression. But right now, <laughs> the last thing I need is to be asked if I do I am, as I think we've said already, I'm glad the conversation about lots of things, these things is opening up, but that doesn't mean that we should just be like throwing them around, particularly to people who are most likely in a bit of a vulnerable position. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, um, it's, it's pinpointing people when you really, you're not in a position to do so. Right, these final ones are perhaps a wee bit personal, but I guess it just highlights that you never know what someone is going through. Uh, so here are some of the comments that I think folk meant well, but actually really hurt me. And and I know it's a bit daft, but I think sometimes there are strange things that when you're in a, in an emotionally fragile state kind of trigger you. And, and often folk are post-birth. Um, and the one that really, really like I had quite a lot of like uh, anxiety I, I, I you know absolutely straight out anxiety over was people saying to me it goes too fast or you'll miss this stage um I had massive anxiety about my own mortality having it after my son because I had fairly traumatic surgery in the middle of the pregnancy and I was kind of scared for him and for myself and so after he was born um, I was in quite a dark place for quite a long time, but one of the biggest things that set me off was this this feeling that um, I wasn't going to be there. And I know that's true for a lot of parents too. That can be a real trigger. So that that's people saying it goes too fast. I mean, even saying it just now, I want to cry thinking about it because I find it so emotional. And you know that. And in some ways, of course, we we've, we've probably mentioned it in terms of you know phases passing, but. And, and I know we shouldn't walk on eggshells, but there are these sort of specific things that I think can be really affecting for 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 parents, but particularly mums after they've given birth. Yeah, I think that it's nobody knows what's going on for anybody else. And so it is that sort of getting involved in anything can be such a negative trigger. And you, you, you don't mean it. Obviously, nobody sets out to mean to say or do anything that's going to hurt but you just don't know what is really going to hurt were there any that were kind of that you find really hard to deal with or any that you've heard like parents saying to you that they've struggled with it's probably the one that you know the the thing that recurs a lot is the either you know talking about the going up going so fast and missing things or the cuddling it's the cuddling I think is the one you know people should be allowed to cuddle their babies as and when they want to and there again it comes back to that kind of guilt around it doesn't it? it's like mm-hmm. some days you just don't want to cuddle your baby you shouldn't feel guilty for that 
and also you shouldn't feel guilty for the days that you do just want to sit on the couch and cuddle them yeah yeah so it's those sort of like things that there's like rote things people say oh you'll never regret a day cuddling your baby well yeah I mean that's true um to some extent but there are going to be some days where you just you you feel totally touched out or for whatever reasons that is not what you want to do and you can then end up feeling really guilty about that that that's not what you want to be doing and make you feel like a bad parent yeah exactly you you never want to be made to feel like a bad parent and nothing should make you feel like a bad parent so it shouldn't come to that and the cuddling thing is the same as all of these things that we sort of do on demand for our children um mm-hmm. you know that can sometimes be really overwhelming you know saying things like saying all children will wean eventually all children will sleep eventually and yeah of course they will but that doesn't mean that those periods of time where it's not working aren't really hard and I, I guess yeah. these are all kind of around the same idea of saying it's just a phase because whilst mm-hmm. it is when you are in that moment it does not feel like it no exactly so that is just some of the many things that people think are cool to say to a new parent many do come from well-meaning places and we don't want people to not talk to us for fear of saying something wrong obviously you know that would be so much worse so much more isolating I mean parenthood can be a lonely enough place as it is however There are loads of lovely, totally non-judgy things people can say to make them and the parent they're talking to feel so much better. Like, how are you? Not how's the baby? Of course, ask them about them too, because have you seen how cute they are? But, you know, I think parents often get kind of missed out of that equation. Another good thing, is there anything I can help you with? And parents, please never worry about saying yes. You're doing a great job. That's an amazing thing to say to someone. It's actually been said to me on a couple of times and I think it's probably made me cry each time because you don't tell yourself it and you don't really hear it enough. And those lovely people that have said it to me have totally stuck with me because I needed to hear it. And I think there probably isn't a parent out there who doesn't need to hear it. Oh, and another thing you can say to a new parent is, oh, have you heard of the Sleep Mums podcast? That's a good one too. (laughs) We would, of course, love it if you subscribed to the podcast, shared it with your friends on your socials and left us a review. You matter to us and we would love to hear from you too. Find us on social media, come and say hello and feel free to tell us the weirdest, wildest things that people have said to you since you've had a baby. Look after yourselves and sleep soon. <laughs>